Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action helping others and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are live, and we have a great uh, show for you guys today. First of all, I want to – we just had a really fun call with our Harris uh, Certified Coach Affiliates, and a lot of you – we don't talk about the Certified Coach Affiliate Program very often because it's just not something we really need to talk about. A lot of people want to own their own coaching businesses. There's a lot of you listening that that might be the perfect added income spoke for you, Um, but we don't really promote it because a lot of agents – uh, find out about it and just want to enroll and they do enroll and it's a really fantastic program. The essence of it is is that we teach you guys how to start your own coaching business. Uh, we give you the you know all the material support. You essentially have a license to um, use all of our content, the whole thing. And it's called Harris Certified Coach Affiliate or Harris Certified Coach. So we had the Harris Certified Coach uh, call this morning, and it is so much fun to talk to all the guys that are um, becoming certified coaches and have already uh, passed the test and received their certificates and have the affiliation, uh, to hear them doing these live events. You know, they're starting to do a lot of live events around the country. And so um, I'm offering to all of you, if you are in a market where there happens to be an HCCA, and um, they would love to do an event in your office, and the events are free. The topics are listed on our website, um, but they're also going to be listed on the HCCA site, the Harris Certified Coach site, as soon as we uh, launch the updated one, which should be hopefully today. Um, so we got your backs covered. If you're looking for training in your office, if you're looking for training for your MLS, if you're looking for training at all, we have a really wonderful group of folks that will be happy uh, to help you. Um, take care of your agent's needs in this changing market. That's what it's all about. And most of the topics that they're, um, the certified coaches are going to be able to present on, the topics, the actual presentations are 30 to 45 minutes, and they're all just like our podcast, very similar in terms of the content and the format. They're all designed to get everyone into action, help people make money, and really set aside their fears and their consternation and move forward and realize that they can help people make money no matter what direction the market's going. If you yourself, if you're interested in learning more about how to become a Harris certified coach, just email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and I'll point you in the right direction, or you can just go over to TimAndJulieHarris.com, click on Programs, and it's in the pull-down menu. You can see the Certified Coach thing, and you just go read about it, and all the FAQs there, FAQs are there as well. Uh, this is going to be, and, and I, you know, I have no doubt about it, this is going to be a, a very prestigious program to be part of. As far as becoming a Certified Coach, it's going to be a very limited program, and it's limited by its nature, because it's um, like, for example, we have Jane Austen, who's a certified coach in Las Vegas. Well, realistically, we can't have that many certified coaches in any particular market. It's all going to be dependent on you know, ge- geography. And, but then you start to have overlap in the whole thing. So once the good, you know, when I say good, I mean the large metropolitan areas are saturated with uh, certified coaches, then it's pretty much going to be one of those things you have waited too long to become part of. So if you're interested in doing it, I strongly encourage you to just email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com, or just go over to timandjulieharris.com and uh, check it out yourself. That will get you started, and we'll find out, and you'll discover if it's a good fit for you. Not everyone – you can't just sign up either. You have to go through a two-level interview process, and um, we probably – 
don't for every 10 we probably only suggest that five pursue becoming a certified coach the others just would be it'd be a bridge too far and we tell them that this is not something that we're interested in pursuing with them and them would, and, and they probably you know would not find success in becoming coaches for us but for the rest of you probably this is something you should seriously consider so just go to timandjulieharris.com and check it out or just email me directly tim at timandjulieharris.com so julie i believe you have somebody you'd like to acknowledge from um our members page on facebook yeah you got it, and this is a fantastic example. The question was posted on Facebook by member Julie Dunford, who here has done a pumpkin palooza or other fall lead generation ah. strategies looking for ideas. And I'll tell you, this is one of the best examples that I've seen from fellow member uh, Anya, I think, sorry if I kill your name, I don't mean to, Anya Sierdzinska, perhaps. Uh, she does pumpkins for a purpose, and this is her fourth year. So she's really taken this to a whole new level. Now, she's still doing it in her community, in her neighborhood, on her front lawn. And it looks like she lives in a beautiful neighborhood, great place for a geographic farm. But I'm looking at her flyer. She also has it posted on her Facebook page. It's got its own Facebook page. It's the fourth annual Pumpkins for a Purpose event, uh, Saturday, October 13th in Powder Springs, Georgia. Proceeds benefit the Raleigh Cancer Foundation in the name of Audrey DeShelter, uh, and she goes on about that. And then she's got face painting, she's got food and drinks, she's got arts and crafts, fall picture taking. That's also a really good thing that people have added to these events. You get a photographer to do the photos, then you set that up so that they communicate with the photographer, and then people make their uh, Halloween cards for their kids using the photographs from your event. Uh, she even has live entertainment. So this is a really great example of a past client center of influence, perhaps geographic farm, neighborhood event, so that you can make maximum contact in minimum time and really provide something of value for the people who show up. So I just had to give her a really great shout out because she is, is doing just a killer job on that. Back to you. Julie, let that, that, you know, this is, wasn't going to be the topic of today's show, but maybe right. it's going to be half the show. But this is such a, you know, this is such a wonderful thing to do. Julie originally came up with this idea when, when we sold real estate. Um, and we would we just did it like she is doing. We started out in our front yard, and then eventually, after a couple of years, it became so popular. We started doing this. Um, what would we call ours, Julie? Pumpkin Palooza? Is that what we Pumpkin called ours? Yep. Yeah, and it's real. And we it's had, real simple. when you're at a blood drive with it, it there's lots of different twists well, that, to it, but it's let pretty me, simple. Let me get let me get to that. So if you guys want to scale this, the easiest thing to do is just start by going to your local farmers and buying a bunch of pumpkins. And then putting the pumpkins in your yard, and then you sell them at cost, and then the proceeds go to a local charity. This isn't, you know, don't try to make money off this. Um, and that's something you could do that will get the neighborhood kids involved. If all you do is pull in the neighborhood kids and pull in the neighborhood adults, it's a fun thing to do. People will really appreciate it and love it. And, you know, you, can, you guys can use your own creativity to make the event even better based on some of the ideas that uh, you just heard. Well, then what Juliet eventually did is the pumpkin palooza became too big for our front yard. And um, that really it only took a year or two for this to become really popular. And we were lucky enough that the local elementary school let us use their parking lot, their field actually. And then we called a farmer and he dropped off even more pumpkins. And if you've ever seen a big farm truck full of pumpkins arriving early Saturday morning, trust me when I tell you it's intimidating because you're realizing you've got a days full of moving pumpkins ahead of you. Well, in the last few years before we moved out of New Albany, and Julie and I moved out of the snow country and went out west, 
we had so much success at this pumpkin thing. The pumpkins would literally sell out before the day was over. Um, you know, I, I'll never forget when Julie and I were doing this thing, uh, and we had ordered, I think it was like 750 pumpkins, and they were basically all gone. And there was this big bus, a big coach that pulled in, and it was from one of the big local retirement communities. And all these people got out, and it was sad because all the pumpkins were already sold. But, you know, that's what happens. And we would donate all the money. But here's where you can make this idea a huge home run. If you figure out a way to involve other businesses, that's going to make it a huge home run because they're going to promote it to their centers of influence of past clients. Then you can put flyers up around the community. Then make you know you want to sponsor a charity and sponsor a charity that's very sense that's very tuned in to your community. Don't try to go highfalutin and make it for like um, you know something that people won't really feel any connection to. If there's a local family that needs help, if there's uh, something that's happening with the local, just whatever. Try to be tuned into what's happening, and then you'll help. Then the then the local newspapers and everybody else will get more traction for it. But what really took it to the next level is um, we called the American Red Cross and told them we were doing this and expecting, you know, thousands of people. And they then became a sponsor in that they would they then had a blood drive that was going on while we were doing pumpkin palooza in the field. The blood drive was going on inside the elementary school. And I, I was so busy hauling pumpkins. I remember this like yesterday that I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that the blood drive itself was maybe even a bigger success. There was a line coming out of the elementary school. I walked into the elementary school. I don't remember how many gurneys they had, Julie. What, six? I don't remember. But they were full with waiting lines. It was a huge success. But what the American Red Cross does is they have um, a team of people that will uh, telemarket into the local community to people that have given blood in the past and say, listen, we're doing this blood drive at, you know, for Pumpkin Palooza. It's going to be at ABC Elementary School this Saturday. If you'd like to come out, will you come out? Yes. Okay, great. What time? We'll see you at 1.15. And then this steady stream of people showed up through the entire day. And what were they walking past? They were walking past Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate, Pumpkin Palooza. They are walking past Tim and Julie, walking past uh, staff members, walking past signs. Um, did, were we like schlepping real estate there? No, of course we weren't. Did this become something that over time became a bedrock to the point where people were looking forward to it and talking about how much they enjoyed it and all that sort of thing? Yes, they were. And it was one of those things that, um, you know, absolutely, if we were to start selling real estate again, we would definitely incorporate more of those types of things because it's such far-reaching benefit. And it's one of those things that's really genuinely makes you feel good. This time of year is perfect for those types of things. A lot of you guys are starting to feel panicky uh, because your cash flow. And I hope you realize that you did it. I don't know, this is tough love part. You did it to yourself. If you're not feeling like you're in, you, you're going to have a really great fourth quarter. There is still time for you to get it together. Events like what we just talked about are a great way to build momentum. But there's other things you can be doing immediately as well. See, I pivoted there. Hopefully, you guys are staying with me. I was reading an email actually from one of our listeners. And, and there's, if you're a coaching client, there are two, pro, there are two um, really drilled down uh, programs that you need to employ right away. Julie, what's the one that you would suggest to somebody who's experiencing uh, faltering cash flow inside uh, well, from your coaching? We have, we have the survival plan. It's literally called the survival plan if you are feeling like you know, you're living from commission check to commission check. And that's also for people that maybe are – trying to bridge away from their other job and transition to real estate. But there's a third category that we use a survival plan with, and that's with more grizzled veterans where for whatever reason they've hit a wall, they're 
stuck. They've had a bad quarter. Maybe they were sick. Maybe they had a surprise tax bill. Who knows what the reason was? But the survival plan is based on getting you to your next immediate three deals, three listings in 90 days or less. And it costs you virtually nothing. Everything on there is either free or super inexpensive. So that right. would be one plan, the survival plan. Then we have the 90-day massive action plan. And, of course, we've got the real estate treasure map. So for those of you who are uh, listening to us talk about these events and you're trying to uh, you know, rekindle some energy so you can have a great fourth quarter, those are two great ideas right there. So we're going to pivot and we're going to get back to our topic. And this topic is something that is so important no matter how experienced you are in life or in business in general. In business, and it doesn't matter if you're an accountant or if you're a real estate agent or if you're an insurance person or if you own a restaurant or whatever, your ability to effectively communicate with people is oftentimes the determining factor in whether or not you are successful long term. Because your ability to communicate with people in, in such a way that they actually like you is a rare skill. So Julie's prepared an outline for us, and, and I want to get it started by giving you guys a goal to reach for, at least in your minds. Every one of you aspires to be that person with the it factor. Every one of you can think of or know of or read about the type of person that just walks into a room and everybody's attracted to them or everybody likes them or whatever. And maybe you've attached uh, to that person some kind of, in your mind, some sort of almost surreal quality. You think maybe it's because they're taller or they're prettier or they're thinner or they're richer, and maybe all those things are true, but there's actually something underlying what made that person have that intangible it factor that you can copy, and that's what we're going to be talking about today on today's show and probably tomorrow's show. Julie, go ahead. Yes. Thank you for that ramp up, and this also applies, by the way, to things like a pumpkin fest, to other center of influence meetings. Stuff like this. So let's start off with that. When do you use the Ford Memory Jogger? It's not really a script. It's a memory jogger. Ford stands for Family, Occupation, Recreation, and Dreams, but we'll get into that in a second. When do you use this technique? Well, part A is when you're meeting new people at a center of influence meeting, event, party, club, etc. Holiday events are a perfect place to practice this. I use it even subconsciously now, like if I'm getting my hair done, my nails done, I meet a new kid at Zoe's school, I'm kid or parent, more likely parent. Um, so when you're meeting new people, B, when you're meeting someone new one-on-one, -on -one, uh, like the people I just rattled off, neighbors, friends, friend of a friend, somebody that you know a friend introduces you to, maybe a past client introduces you to one of their friends. And then C, when you're reaching out by phone or in person to anyone in your past client, or Center of Influence database. Some of you guys never call your database because you simply don't know what to say or how to say it. So this is a great uh, technique for breaking the ice and stop being weird about calling people. So how does it work? Write this down, memorize it. While you're driving around today in between your appointments, say this over and over and over to yourself. FORD stands for Family Occupation Recreation Dreams. Family Occupation Recreation Dreams. Just memorize it. It's not that hard. It's a memory jogger that reminds you to ask questions in these four categories in order to create conversation. This way you can connect in a meaningful way. Remember the Maya Angelou quote. She said, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So why does this work? 
Point number one, using the Ford pattern, again, family, occupation, recreation, dreams, instantly removes your ego by making the conversation about the other person. It lends versatility to all of the four personality styles. It makes it easier. You don't have to worry about, well, is this a person a driver or not, because it works on everyone. Point number two, using the F-O-R-D, Ford pattern, requires that you ask questions, and questions allow you to control the conversation. This is the same reason that all scripts are written in question format, that those scripts are your friend. Asking questions gives you the control of the conversation. And isn't that what most of you who have fear and trepidation about being on the phone, talking to people in person, using scripts, isn't that what you fear is losing control and not knowing where the conversation is going? Well, when you're the one asking the questions, it keeps the control in your court without even appearing like that's what's happening. Anything you want to add okay, to those two off. points, Tim? Yep, yep, let's level off there. All right, so guys, the premise is FORD is basically an acronym, obviously, for Family Occupation Recreation Dreams. Julie said two things there I hope you guys are paying attention to that are really, really important. Number one, if you want to have that it factor, one of the key things is don't talk about yourself. That is one of the greatest turnoffs that everyone has is when somebody just wants to talk about themselves. You've been in real estate events where the favorite topic of every single person in the room is talking about themselves. And you want to talk about yourself because you're around all those egos. So that's just basically a bunch of dysfunctional conversations where you're, when everyone else is just sitting around waiting for the other person to stop talking so they can start talking about themselves. You've been in environments like that before. They're very uncomfortable, and they're, it's the least effective way for you to make meaningful contact with anybody. So it it's, unfortunately, it's become normalized that people are just narcissistic and how they communicate and how they think about themselves. And if you look at all the social networking and everything, it's done nothing but embolden the narcissism. And, you know, Facebook and all these others, they're just narcissistic and voyeuristic. And so, look, you've got to realize if you want to be special in life, one of the easiest ways for you to do it is become somebody that asks questions. There's a fundamental reason why. How many people have you come across in the past, you know, week, month, year, that's actually asked questions about you. I'm not talking about a nurse or a doctor or, you know, a cop asking for your driver's license, nothing like that. I'm talking about people that have actually shown sincere interest, you know, more than just what's your name and how's it going, more than just the cursory politeness of society, but actual showed interest, listened to what you said in your how you answered the question, asked you follow-up questions, things like that. Not a counselor, not a coach, not a psychiatrist, even if those don't exist anymore, all the rest of it. I'm talking about a person, a potential friend or an existing friend. Most of you, most of us, have nobody that shows that level of an interest in us anymore because people have forgotten how to communicate because they try to make it all about themselves. Listen to what I'm sharing with you guys because it will make you special. If you become the person that is good at asking questions and follow-up questions and showing sincere interest in people, you will have, as the French say, a certain je ne sais quoi that other people, you know, the it factor, that other people will never be able to understand. And all you're doing is asking questions and showing sincere interest in other people. You know, Julie is – we'll go – we tell this story sometimes. We'll go – when we first moved to uh, Austin five years ago, and we're getting to know people. People here are very easy to get to know. Anyone who's ever been to you know, Texas in general, Texans are just like – Texans are real Americans. So I'll just leave it at that. Wonderful, wonderful people. Easy to get to know. And um, they have an innate displeasure in talking about themselves 
which is you know comes out of being you know polite. Uh, but you know we are trained to be forward, right? So we're trained to family occupation recreation dreams. So when we're out talking to people and we're out like waiting at Orange Theory or waiting to get into a restaurant or just whatever, and we start getting to know folks. It's always like, how long have you lived here? You know, where's your family from? Has your family lived here? For In most cases, when you just focus on the family thing, asking them questions about, you know, just their general locality and things of that nature about their family, that's the depth of the conversation. That's as far as it'll ever get to uh, need to go, and you won't need to meander in your occupation. Like, so, if, you know, Julie was using the example of running into parents at Zoe's school. I bet you she does not know a single one of the, what those parents do for a living because all she's done is talk to them about their families. And they probably don't know anything so about Julie. Yep. Yeah, they don't know anything about Julie because Julie doesn't talk about herself. It's none of their business, right? But they don't. But they love Julie. Everybody loves Julie because Julie is so – Julie wasn't an Orange Theory the other day. And I walked in by myself, and everyone's like, all right, yeah, you, but where the hell's your wife? <laughs> They're all like, where's Julie? It's because Julie is so good at this Ford thing, and she just – I'll listen to her, and she just gets people talking about themselves, and they love to talk to Julie and love to have her ask questions, love to have her show interest in them, makes them feel important, all the rest of it. You guys get it? That's the power of this. It's the exact opposite of how most of you conduct yourselves. So when you don't talk about yourself and you ask the other person other questions, now that's the other thing. Who's the person in control in a conversation, the person asking or the person answering? The person asking, of course. So if you're worried, if you're a super introvert and you're worried about basically being stuck with con in conversations where you know, you're just jittery, you're socially awkward, this is your get-out-of-jail-free card for how to communicate with people, what we're sharing with you now. By the way, Julie is a big-time dorky introvert, as she'll tell you. And so she's, over the last three decades, has had to teach herself through techniques like what we're teaching you guys, how to basically undork herself to the point where she's now somebody that when you'd meet with her, you'd never guess in a million years she was an introvert until you got to know her, then you'd realize she was. You know, So these are the types of thoughts that we want you guys to internalize so that you then can have a broader uh, you know, essentially have an ability to work with a broader scope and swath of people. Does that make sense, Jules? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I, I can tell you as somebody that is more naturally on the introverted side, Ford is my friend, okay? It makes it so much easier to have conversations with people. It's just much more flowing. And I think your your summary was really uh, my point three, which is basically make people feel special, important, and paid attention to. But it also helps you remember them because you're getting real answers out of them. So the next point is using the O. Oh, this is why it works, and then we'll get into more details tomorrow about how to go about this. So the last point is using the O, oh, which remember is occupation, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Using the O oh in the conversation pattern creates a situation. Here's the beauty of it from the real estate standpoint. It creates a situation where the other party is asking you how's real estate. Because remember, you just asked them about their job, what is it that you do, or if you know what they do, how are things over working for ABC company? Okay, you asked about their job. Now they're going to ask you either what you do or how's real estate. What is it that you do for a living? Now, for most agents, it's far more comfortable bringing up real estate when somebody asks you about it versus just coming out with a when do you plan on moving type of script, which we know you guys aren't comfortable with. So tomorrow on the show, we're going to get into some questions. I think we can jump into a few of them today. But um, how do you actually create questions? Because once you get this, 
There's also an art to the questions. You don't want to ask a yes or no question. You want to ask something that is an icebreaker question or creates actual conversation. So let's start with family questions, which we start with family because everyone has one. It's an easy icebreaker. Now, if you know their family, let's say that you're calling on a past client. You're finally going to conquer that database and finally talk to people, which, by the way, is the number one thing that grizzled veterans say they wish they would have done better if they had it all to do over again. So let's say you're calling a past client and you know their kids' names. How are Bob and Susie? Maybe they don't have kids and they've only got pets. How's Spot? What's new with Spot? Have you always lived here or did you move from somewhere else? That might be if you don't know them as well. How were your holidays? How was the summer? What was the best thing your family did over the summer or last year? If you're calling during the holidays, what was the best thing you did or your family did this year? Now you notice how none of those questions can be answered with a yes or no, which ends the conversation. So it's not just remembering Ford, Family Occupation Recreation Dreams, it's remembering how you form your questions. And we actually do this on coaching calls, Tim, and we talk about it in Premier as homework when people are stymied by how to have better conversations, how to talk to their past clients. What do I do if I do put on a pumpkin palooza and I've got to talk to people? So we make this homework, write down five family-oriented questions and memorize them pretty easy. Now, on to, I think maybe, do you want to leave occupation for tomorrow or do you want to conquer that? Today? Yeah, let's leave occupation for tomorrow. I know you have to get okay. to tomorrow coaching anyway. Yeah. Yep. So uh, this is, again, this is something you can, ha now, why do I say this is obviously relevant to wherever you are in your career? Because the grizzled veterans, you guys are the worst at this because you got so far away from, um, you know, you're high on yourself in essence. You start thinking that everyone gives a rat's ass about your awards in your newest listing. And I know a lot of other trainers have taught you guys just to be incessantly ego-based and talk about yourself to the point of nauseam. And a lot of you have mastered that skill. I mean as sarcastically as I possibly can. So if you want to have that it factor, one of the key elements to having that is definitely learn how to be a great question asker. Learn how to be somebody that people gravitate towards because you made them feel good. So go back to the question I asked you at the top of today's show. When was the last time somebody showed any level of interest in you other than just the cursory, hello, how do you do, to the point where you actually felt like they're expressing interest in you? Notice how it never happens? Maybe your mom, right? That's about it. Your dog, probably. He, he gives a rat's ass about you. Other than that, people are just so inwardly focused. It's almost the point where, you know, we're losing contact with the ability of knowing how to communicate with other people. Chatting on Facebook is not communicating. That's just a bunch of silliness, Right. So at the end of the day, if you can be the person that asks people questions and makes them feel important when they see you in the grocery store, in the line at Starbucks, anywhere, they are going to gravitate towards you because they remember you with that feeling of feeling important. They can remember you and associate you with that great experience that they had where you were showing that you had real sincere interest in them. I know some of you who are overly analytical and skeptical are going to say, Tim, I'm just feigning interest in them, and you are at first. That is true until you get past your own BS and learn just to genuinely communicate and show interest in folks. You are a human. Chances are you're interested in other humans. So, look, it doesn't matter. Just learn to do this. Learn to express interest in other people. Ask other people questions and avoid talking about yourself. So here's your homework for today, from today's podcast. I want you to monitor how many times today 
the rest of the day, you spend talking about yourself or your experiences or your feelings or just anything to do with you. How much time do you spend actually bemoaning your situation or your closing or your inspection or your whatever? How much time are you spending pissing and moaning in other people's ears versus asking questions and thinking about how can I show, help this person and show sincere interest in this person? Now, if you were to realize and actually pay attention and be introspective, you'd realize that almost 100% of the time you're just thinking and talking about yourself. When you can be observant of that behavior, what you're seeing is your ego having a – you basically have an unhealthy relationship with your ego. You're, you are allowing your ego to dominate your ability to have effective communication with other people and thus lasting relationships with other people. That is something that all of you need to move past and then realize that when you do just this one little – I know some of you guys like the idea of shortcuts, but with this one little shortcut, this one little hack, this one little secret, it's going to make the biggest difference in your ability to really connect with people quickly. You have holidays coming up. Some of you hate holiday parties. Why do you hate holiday parties? Because you don't like being around groups of people because it makes you nervous. Opposed to being one of these people that writes themselves off um, you know, is saying, oh, I'm just not a people person, or I just don't do well in crowds, or all these other types of things that we hear through coaching. Don't allow yourself to take that path. Realize that you are just being lazy, intellectually lazy, and not trying to improve yourself. It's not the world's job to come to you. It's your job to go to the world. It's your job to make yourself more appealing to other people. And if you're finding yourself isolated with few friends and few contacts and a small you know, little social circle, and you, you at some point have got to realize that that's not, A, it's actually physically not healthy for you. But B, it's not a great way for you to try to build a business because the larger group of people that you appeal to, the more people you're going to obviously be able to work with. And it doesn't matter what you sell. Makes sense, doesn't it? So listen, guys, if there's anything we can do for you, freecoachingcallsforagents.com is a great place to go if you want to boost in your business, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Or you can just email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. You guys have a fantastic deal. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.